Previously on Cast and Wax. Dad is in Washington and we're sending his dad. So that means it's just Say, us two. Uh, I mean, show a, little, show a little sensitivity, maybe. And that's how important it is to lie. To keep your job. Have you ever considered that perhaps the reason you're such a grouchy, grouchy person is because your shoes are too tight? No. No, Rory, I have not considered that. Which is more important? What you want or what I want? <sighs> what you want. Exactly! Now you're back on track. And I almost forgot, we also got one from uh, President William Henry Harrison. Good evening. This is President William Henry Harrison writing to you with my audio recorder from Beyond the Grave. Hey, Rory. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I think that it's your birthday. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Scapey White. And uh, I want to say hello to you because you are listening to my podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well, it's not, I mean, it's still not technically your podcast. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm the host. So, thank you for letting me host my own podcast. Yeah, but it's not your own podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, okay. What I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is thank, uh, thank, I'm just trying to say thank you. Uh, well, okay. I, why don't you introduce me first? Whatever, over, this is Frank Allen. He's another guy. Hi. Yeah, and he is a guy who's pretty good, I guess, but he's also not the host of the podcast. That is me. This is my dad's podcast, fine. But I am host of this podcast because my dad is away. In Washington, D.C., doing Washington things, I think, as far as I'm aware. And um, while he's away, I am king of the podcast. I mean, host of the podcast, but it's kind of like an A.K.A. thing. No, I, it, 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 you're not, the, it's not true. You're not the, the king of the podcast. There's no king of podcasts. There's the host of the podcast, there's co-host of the podcast, and there's no king involved. There's no, nobody gets their head chopped off, nobody gets royal commandments, nobody gets to uh, become a flying king if you're playing checkers. There's no, none of those things are uh, uh, the case with the podcast. You are in very little ways, and in fact, no ways, the king of this podcast. Wait, why did you say very little ways? Well, because I mean, because you're the host. So in the sense that the king is like a host of a country... In that respect, you could say you are the king. I mean, no, but you can't even do that. Look, I, you have similarities with kings because they both, you and kings are both alive. Oh, so I'm, I'm kind of like a king. No, because I, in that sense, I'm like a king because I am also alive. So we're both kings of the podcast in that respect. I, I would be the king, you would be the co-king. No, and, and there's no such thing as co-king. Yeah, I heard somebody say they were co-king. No, no, that's... Uh, that's a different thing, and you don't know you don't know anything about that, thankfully. Well, fine. Then I'm just the king, and you're not the king. That's not the point. That's not the point. You you are not the king. You are the host. Host. Yeah, I know how to pronounce it, Father. Thanks. Well, you're not pronouncing it right. You're pronouncing it like king. That's just a side thing. On, on the side, I'm the king. No, you're not. Can we move on from this? Because the point that I'm making is that you're not the king, and we should just get on with our lives, because the fact is that you are not the king. Whatever. Uh, by the way, Frank, uh, how are you doing today? I demand my royal decree that you answer! Well, I, I'm not going to answer because you said that uh, it was a royal decree. I'll answer because I feel like it. That's freedom I have. 
So I'm doing well. Oh, you did it because I did a royal decree. No, I did it because I have freedom and I chose to. Fine, do it again and I won't. No, I'm not royal. You can't command me. I'm the king. You aren't the king. Okay, look. We've got a jam-packed show today, as we always do. Uh, what have we got? We've got lots of uh, uh, mail. No, you don't get to say. You don't get to say what it is. I do. Uh, we've got lots of mail. We've got uh, Annie Italic. Oh, this is so, this not fair. We have uh, Nathan Manhattan. We have a uh, Frank Advice, which is going to be really yeah, good. Yeah, we have Frank Advice and no scapey story. Yeah, that's right. No scapey story uh, because you are not king, so you don't get to decide what we have. If you were the king, I think we'd probably have a scapey story, wouldn't we? Yes. Ah, so you admit you're not the king. <sighs> no. As the king, I just choose... Sometimes to not give myself what I want. Why would you do that? That's a really stupid thing for a king to do. No, it's because that's yours is not to question the unknowable will of the king. What? The king works in mysterious ways. Uh, it sounds like you don't understand the king. Is what what it sounds like. I I understand, but I choose not to share my understanding with. Freebians. Now, okay, you definitely don't know what that means. I, well, I do, but I don't want to share my understanding of it with you. Oh, whatever. That's, you're lying. Uh, so we have all those things. Uh, all going to be on the show today. Lots of fun stuff. So uh, why don't we start off here with, uh, we actually got some physical mail. Frank, you don't get to say what we do. I do. We got some physical mail, two postcards uh, from people uh, who uh, are friends of the podcast. Uh, this first one, uh, coincidentally, they both are from the City Museum in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, this first one, oh, geez, what is that a picture of? Scape, can you describe that, please? Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like if somebody took a tree and, like, chopped it into a lot of pieces, but the, pe- the pieces are, like, not just sitting there. They're kind of, like, shapes and, like, a tube and like a cage, and then some stuff on the ceiling, and some designs. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I could, I would tell you what, I would like to climb on it. Well, okay, but it's in St. Louis, so that's too far away for you to go. No, I could get there if I wanted. Escape, you, you, you couldn't. Okay, uh, this is a, so it's a, it's a, it's a postcard is what it's called. It's a picture on one side, Escape. And then words on the the back. Okay. And I'll read it. Uh, oh, uh, there's a description of, of the uh, the picture, though. It says, the, the, the treehouse area was expanded in 2012, incorporating more found natural woods and creating a wondrous multi-story indoor climber with secret tunnels. So it's a it's a big treehouse. And I guess people do get to climb in it. See, I could told you I could get in it. Well, no, I said, first of all, I said people. Second of all, it's still too far away for you to get. No. Escape. Uh, okay. Uh, let's let's read what it says. Uh, missed your last podcast, as I am here in St. Louis looking for my missing daughter Sally on a tip that she would like this place. Uh, just wanted to uh, thank you for your understanding last time. I wish you Happy New Year, Rochester Adams. Uh, it's very strange. So, Mr. Adams, uh, you, you, you missed the podcast, I guess, but hopefully you won't miss this one because Jordan tried to make it clear to you last time that your daughter is dead. Uh, murdered by Chop Henderson, who is, as far as I'm aware, on trial for that very murder. So I don't think it's a mystery that she's dead. I think kind of everybody in the world knows that she's dead. So, you know, uh, you don't really have to look for her anymore. She probably would like this this tree place because she was a Girl Scout and everything, and that's cool. But she's not there because she's dead. So... I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sorry too. Oh, that's nice of you. Are you are you understanding the whole thing about people dying now? No. 
okay, then uh, that's fine. Uh, so that's one of the the, uh, the postcards we got. We got this other one here. Escape. Uh, want to take a look at that? Yeah. Uh. Okay. It's like a thing where there's lots of stuff. Well, yeah, that is true. What, like, what do you mean? I don't. I don't really know. Just lots of little things. Well, yeah. Those, okay. It's a. It's a little shop. It's a little shop with lots of food, lots of candies in in wrappers. It says, uh, you know, candy chips, soda, popcorn, corn dogs, beer, drumsticks, pinball. And there's an arrow to the pinball. And it's a. It's a. It's a. There's a, a, a sign up above it all that says, "Shrine of Shameless Hucksterism." So I don't know if that's a commentary. Uh, I, and I, I guess that, that raises the question, since this is a museum, is this really a place you can buy uh, uh, candy, or is it a art installation where they're making a social commentary about the, the sale of food? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so it's, it's a postcard, so I'll read the back. It says, uh, here trying to start an extra history school in St. Louis at the Shrine of Shameless Hucksterism, and I met a very annoying man named Adams who says he knows you and keeps asking me to find his daughter. I said she is fine and has sex with me in another world. Hope that is okay. Jean-Baptiste Sanseraf. Well, Jean-Baptiste, uh, I'm of two minds about that, because on the one hand, you have the fact that uh, you're talking about extra history, so it's it's all lies. So basically what you said to him was, I'm telling a complete lie. Uh, here's a thing that didn't happen that I'm stating as though it did happen, because there is supposedly another world where it happens, but really there isn't. Um, that being said... What you actually told him was that his dead daughter is fine, not a nice thing to do, and that you have sex with her, and she's probably, I don't know, 13, 14? Well, I mean, now she's dead, so she's zero, but when she was alive. So you're either having sex with a dead girl or you're having sex with an underage girl, which uh, neither one is legal, as far as I'm aware. So hopefully, I can for can you forward a postcard? Hopefully I can forward this to the police, and uh, we can see how that works out for you. So thank you for writing in, Jean-Baptiste. Scape, do you want to say anything about that? No, not really. I think uh, Jean-Baptiste, he's a guy. Yeah, he is. So, uh, good, wonderful. Let's see. We also got a bunch of emails, but we should probably save them for afterwards, right? No, no. Let me do the one that I memorized. Let me do the one I memorized. Oh, okay. You, yeah, Scape, uh, as you know, Scape can't read, but he does memorize some emails. Uh, so, you uh, you memorized one for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, a here's your email that we got in, okay? Uh, when you read my letter, I wasn't under the expression that Rory had passed, and I'm very saddened with loss of Rory. He was a great asset to the show. He had been there throughout the show for the longest. My thoughts and prayers are thinking of Rory. I hope all of you are moving on. I hope he is at peace and looking over all of us and realizing what wrongs he did to everyone. Uh, Frank, I am pleased that even though you and Rory didn't get along, but I'm glad you put your feelings aside and might see a side of Rory that you didn't see when he was alive. Mm -hmm. Scapey, sorry to have gotten you in trouble, but what you did was wrong. Other than that, keep being awesome. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Jordan, again, sorry for your loss of Rory, and I hope you're doing better in regards to dealing with the loss of Rory. Talk to you all soon. Rowan. Uh, thank you, Rowan. Here's what I have to say. Uh, I don't remember when you got me in trouble, but I am awesome. You're right. Uh, in regards to Dad and people being sad about Rory, uh, I think we're basically all okay now. I think everybody got over it. No, escape. No, you, no you're not supposed to. No, you can't say that. Uh, why? You got, we're all fine. Yeah, but you don't just go, oh, we're fine with the fact that our friend died. You say, yeah, uh, you know, 
we are moving on. We're getting through it. We're working through it. But, of course, it's always going to be a, a sad loss for us. Yeah, but like she said, you guys didn't even get along. So you're probably f- super fine. I, we didn't get along, and that's okay. Not everybody gets along. But, that, but like she said, maybe I see a different side to him. Like what? Well, like, I don't know, like the dead side. I, because when somebody dies, you go, okay, I'm sorry that they died, and... They probably weren't as bad as I thought they were. Why? I we we really shouldn't still be talking about this. It's been a while since he died. And so you should be over it by then. No, I'm that's not what I meant. I meant it's been a while since he died. So we don't have to talk about it every episode. We can just kind of let our feelings sit inside of ourselves and move on with our lives. That's a weird thing to say. Well Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh let's You know what? We're just gonna do some shows. How about that? Like, way back when, this show used to be a show where we, you know, listened to radio serials and stuff. We used to play those. We still do. Well, let's do that now. How about that? Okay, whatever is your, your idea. Yeah, it is my idea. Okay. So what are we going to listen to first? Uh, is up first uh, 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 Nathan Van Etten or is it Annie Italic? Let's start with Annie Italic, girl reporter. She's a girl who reports things. Did you know about things? Well, you're about to because she's going to report it. Here we go. Hello, this is WHRW Binghamton with This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On February 11th, 1856, the Virgin Mary appears to St. Bernadette. In southern France, Marie Bernard Soubirous, a 14-year-old French peasant girl, first claims to have seen the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Mother! Mother! I have seen the Virgin Mary, but I cannot tell you about it until I get across the street and home! Okay, dear! Uh, are you going to let me do it alone? Yes, you're a big girl! Okay, here I go. Oh no, look out! Oh, I should have helped my baby cross this tree. <laughs> and of course, uh, St. Bernadette was never able to tell anyone that she saw the Virgin Mary, and so no one exactly knows that the Virgin Mary exists, just because a mother wouldn't help her child cross the street. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Ah, don't ave that Maria yet. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And the tale of the Virgin Mary is not done yet. She ended up wandering around all of reality, trying to figure out ways to get people to see her, but no one else could see her except for St. Bernadette. Everyone else was like, Virgin Mary? Virgin who? Who? Mary who? I never heard of Mary. Who's Mary? Oh, you mean my friend Mary? No, that's not what you mean, or that I don't know what you mean. Until eventually, she got to the city museum in St. Louis, Missouri. No, no one else could see her there either, but she did find that she could write postcards from that place, and thought perhaps that would be a way to get people to realize she existed. So she filled up a number of postcards, and of course, there was no post box in the museum, so she had to walk across the street to get to it. She had all the postcards in her hands, and they were stacked so high she couldn't even see over them, and she thought, whatever, I'm a non-corporeal being, and it wouldn't make a difference, but she wasn't paying attention, and she didn't look both ways when she crossed the street, and the car smashed straight into the stack of postcards, and threw the postcards all over the place, and she said, drat, there goes my one chance, now I won't have even bothered to try that again, because it didn't work the first time, so, never mind, and the postcards by the Virgin Mary from the St. Louis Museum are now, of course, the holiest relics in the Catholic faith, so make sure that you look both ways so people will know that you exist. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? I'm Casting Wax. Annie Italic, Girl Reporter, Episode 4, Jam and Toast, by Peter Bowers, Charles Berman, and additionally, Daniel Schwartz, and also, Mickey Weissner as well. Dateline Thopsburg, from the desk of any italic girl reporter high atop Henderson Towers in Center City in the office of the Thorpsburg Legislar Bulletin Journal, we bring you the news of the world. 
commissioned by seasoned newspaper editor Eugene Seabrook, and the italic tracks the most thrilling events of our day with the determination of a bloodhound posed notebook in hand for the moment of her big break. You know, not many people know that one of the most thrilling and involved aspects of being a reporter is getting to where the story is. That's because one of the most thrilling and involved aspects of being a reporter isn't getting to where your story is. You hop in the car and you drive there. Not like it's rocket science. On the other hand, Gene Seabrook has a way of making anything into rocket science. Except rocket science. He'd probably make that into a kidnapping. See, it all started when he finally asked me to cover something big, like the first giant monster Thorpe's boy had in years! The first giant monster we've had in years?! God, nothing pleases you! I can take you off it and put you on the story about the 10th anniversary of the Knights of Columbus fish dinner! No, I hate the Knights of Columbus and fish and dinner. Good idea! I'll take 25 off your paycheck. No, no, I like big lunches. Look, I'll do the giant monster story, okay? Thanks, Annie. Good to see you finally willing to take one for the team! By my last count, I've taken 78 for the team. Don't correct my math. Now, get out there and work your reporter magic to turn that giant monster into something interesting. You'll be carpooling with Susie Sanserif and Johnny. He'll be her photographer. And I've given him an extra role in case there's space for a giant monster picture. Now, Susie will be covering Thorpesburg's largest mason jar collection at the Elks Club. So, whatever you do, don't get in her way. I'm sure you'll have time for the monster after Susie gets our jar story. Wait. What? We're prioritizing Mason J- Carpooling with Johnny? Excellent reportage. More of that. But with a monster. And something to sauce it up. You know, they say the good always comes with the bad. On the one hand, I had finally been given my big break. The one huge solo story that could finally turn my career into something great. On the other hand, I had to carpool with Johnny. And Susie. And still Johnny. And this is not making it any better anyway you slice it. Wow, guys. I can't wait to share the adventure of being a reporter with you guys. We're bound to discover something exciting and mysterious at the Elks Club. And where, wherever you're going after. I'll drive. That is not what will happen. What? You mean nothing exciting? Or me driving? Both, I'm sure. But the driving thing in particular... Okay, I'll watch you for next time. Um, are we all getting in this thing? Ah, yes. That's how we start driving in it. Wow. That's a small car for three whole people. I call the back seat. Two-thirds less likely to die back here. Okay, I get to sit up front with you, anti-italic older girl reporter. We can trade notes on our investigations. Goody. That's what I was thinking. Okay, into the fragile-framed projectile to speed along at dozens and dozens of miles per hour. One muscle spasm away from... Do you want to take the bus? God, no! Buses remind me of school buses. And let me tell you, my time in school... Then get in the back. God, it's silent in here. Silence always makes me feel like people are thinking bad things about me. Which they usually are when they're talking, too, so I guess I shouldn't be so... Let's listen to the radio. Yes, please. Maybe they have something about the mason jar display. 
Anything's possible. We interrupt our news report to bring you a news report. Death and destruction continue at the hands of Giant Monstro, the giant monster, reported by onlookers to be both monstrous and gigantic. A very fit subject for news! All roadways are stopped up and gridlocked as thousands of panicked citizens flee towards the giant monster to get a better look. And thousands of others flee, having either become concerned for their safety or decided that they've seen all they care to of the giant monster. Very serious. What are you doing? There was nothing about Charles there. These reporters are pretty good. I would say we should hire them for the paper if they could come up with something interesting to talk about. Being interesting is always so hard. That's why I'm doomed to being boring. Boring, boring, boring. I'm so boring I can't stand it. I'll never not be boring. Boring. Uh, maybe WJAR would be more interesting. I'm sure it would, Johnny. Good idea. Wow, I had one. Good afternoon and thank you for tuning to WJAR. I'm Glenda, the announcer, with some news reports. The history of jars is a long and interesting one. It starts with the first jars ever. These were made long ago, during history. Annie, you turned off the report! How will we find out our clues about the mystery of what the mystery of all those jars is? That's a mystery, too. Annie, I tell a girl reporter, I've had an idea. You remember how that reporter was saying there was a lot of traffic because of the giant monster? Do you think maybe this traffic jam has something to do with it somehow? Gee, you think one and one is two? Well, sure it is. I've always been good at math class, but... Stop. Trapped in a box? In the order to go, but I'm coming traffic. If I get out, you know, I've never had a car accident, but I've been traumatized by the fear of them. <sighs> Couldn't we take the exit there and use the shortcut? Well, only if we were going to see that giant monster first. The mason jars are in the other direction. <gasps> Ooh! This must be why everyone's heading this way, to get away from the monster. The jar exhibit will be really popular. Annie, this is Jean's car. I bet he would be mad if you hurt the window with your head like that. Use this camera. It's sturdy, and I hit myself in the head with it repeatedly all the time. It would relieve stress if I had a finite amount of stress. Let's sing a song to pass the time. Let's not. Okay, Johnny, just the two of us. Sky rockets in flight, afternoon divine, and... Hey guys, look! God, all the danger and misfortune just follows me! What do you think it was? I guess Giant Monstro threw it, right at the car behind us. Oh, good. That means we're already past a major accident. With that car out of the way, traffic will go much faster. Do you know how traffic works? <laughs> Not exactly, but I'll be sure to look it up when I get home. It might help with the story. Hey, there's our exit, and, and the traffic's picking up. See, any italic older girl reporter, you just need to keep a positive attitude. We'll be to the Elks Club in no time. You can even help me out with my story. You gotta be kidding me. God, no. I have no sense of humor at a time like this. 
Forever, really. That's why I've never been good at being funny. Okay, who wants to exchange the numbers? I'll do that. I told you I'm good at math class. Phone numbers. Oh, I'll do that. I love meeting new people, and you never know who will be a clue to your next mystery. Awesome. Be careful there, Susie. There's glass everywhere. Hey, that's right. Glass from all of these. Oh, for crying out. Jars? What's in these? Uh, okay, let's see. Here's uh, some masonry in this one. Is this James Mason? And here's W.B. Mason. Who else? Oh, hey! You're Stephen Elk, the man I'm supposed to meet at the Elks Club later. How do you do? Great horns of Cass! You've discovered the ulterior motive behind my innocuous facade! Oh! It's Thomas Pynchon's Mason and Dixon! I feel so inadequate when I can't finish these long books. What does ulterior mean? It means that my plan to destroy Masons forever and leave Elks as a supreme goofy men's club has been uncovered! If only it had worked, it would mean certain success for my man-to-elk transformation project! Oh, if it weren't for us meddling kids. Okay, that's sufficiently crazy. Let's just report on this. Really, anti-italic older girl reporter? We get to work together? Uh, sure. It'll keep us busy until the insurance comes through. Yay! I've already taken a note. I'll start making more. Johnny, we could have pictures! Then everyone would be included. Okay, I'll do my best, but my fear of failure prevents me from succeeding. The pictures weren't too bad, actually. Gene had other opinions, though. Two girl reporters on one byline? One cup. That's twice the expense! What happened to the giant monster? Eh. Good point! Everyone saw it anyway. I should give up on these high-profile stories involving danger and peril for every son of Tharpsburg. Here's the feature on sword swallowing. Harvey, glad you're here. Me too. Tough economy. Oh, for the... Hello? God, stop yelling! I can hear you! What's that? Who? From the... Oh, hey there. The, the silver rose. Well, I'd love to. Okay, see you then. So... Care to join me in drinking to death later? No time, Hoff. Gotta get home and put my cute hat on. Want to borrow mine? Not tonight, kiddo. Tonight, Mama's on the town! Gross! Can't talk. Big day. See you, losers. In that episode of Annie Italic Girl Reporter, Annie was Angela Schwartz, the announcer was Mickey Weissner, Eugene Seabrook was Jared Coonrat, Susie Sanseraf was Cheryl Casey, Johnny Simmons was Pete Bowers, the newscaster was Mickey Weissner, Glenda the announcer was Lisa Paquette, Stephen Elk was Charles Berman, and the narrator was Mickey Weissner. Welcome to this day in history, my name is Rory Sinjin. Did you know that on February 18th, 1930, Pluto, which is generally considered the ninth and most distant planet from the Sun, was discovered at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, by astronomer Clive W. Tombaugh. Let's hear it. I'm telling you, Dan, that's not a Cheeto on the lens. I think that's got to be a planet. Hello, um, this is your secretary. Uh, you have a phone call from your wife? Oh, honey. Right, right in the middle of everything. What, dear? Honey, I'm pregnant. My God, it's a new astronomical phenomenon. Not only is there a planet in the sky, my wife's giving birth to a planet as well. Doctor, I think you're drunk again. I'm not drunk! But I... That's totally a Cheeto. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, it's not a Cheeto. 
Darling? Yes, hon? No matter what you do, please, consult a doctor, and not me, because I'm an astronomer. Consult a real doctor, a medical doctor, should you decide to keep this child or not. So why did I call you? The scientist did choose to name uh, Pluto after the aborted baby. This is This Day in History on WHRW. But, Doctor, I think you are drunk again. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. You're probably wondering why they named the child Pluto if they had it aborted. Well, that was very sick and very wrong of them. But it also came back to bite them on the ass, because they named their child Pluto and immediately thereafter had it aborted, the problem being that the baby was not quite dead and in fact grew to enormous size and became a giant monster, and a number of reporters were assigned to stories going to track this giant monster. The problem, of course, being that the traffic getting towards the giant monster was so backed up that the reporters were stuck in a car, stuck in traffic, and in the time that they were stuck in traffic, one of the reporters impregnated the other one, who then realized they were pregnant, but said, well, I could go to a doctor, but I do have this assignment, so I'm going to just continue on my way towards this giant monster, and because she did not consult a doctor about her pregnancy, let me just tell you, it turns out it wasn't a pregnancy, it was a infestation of aliens, and the aliens spit out of her and exploded and died, and if she had consulted a doctor, the doctor could have probably helped her with that. My name is Roy. Sinjin, make sure that you consult a doctor if you think you might be pregnant. And this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Hello and welcome to Frank Advice. My name is Frank Allen and this is a show in which I, Frank Allen, give you the frankest of Frank Advice along with a special guest. Uh, this week I do have a very knowledgeable and practical uh, gentleman who uh, is known to most of you as a very famous person because he is, in fact, former president William Henry Harrison. Who are you talking to? I'm, I'm talking to you, sir, uh, Mr. President. Uh, yes. Should I call you Mr. President? or that That is the correct title, yes. But, I mean, should I... But are we, like, close? I mean, should I call you Bill? I, I mean, whatever you think. Well, I, I've just just met you. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm all right with that. It's very familiar, but if, if that's the, the way you like to, to call people. You can call me Frank. This is Frank Advice. I'm Frank Allen. So, all right, Frank. Uh, President Bill, um, that sounds a little weird because it sounds like uh, like you're passing a presidential bill. <laughs> it does sound like that. that. That's part of the job of being president is to pass a bill. Yes. Okay. There's nothing unusual about that at all. Well, that's good. Uh, so as you, as you know, uh, uh, Mr. President, that what we do is we, we read questions from the internet uh, that people have questions about. Questions from whom? The inter- Well, the internet is not a who, it's a what. Uh, that's the location. It's, it's like a big book uh, that is constantly being written by lots of people in various places all at once. So I will take a very uh, high concept idea. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's cool. But anyway, so we take questions. Some so people, but it's not a book in like it's like not a novel. People will just put in anything there. So sometimes they'll write down things that uh, they have questions about. So things that they don't know how to solve in their life, and uh, we're gonna read them and hopefully give them some advice, uh, frank advice on how to to solve those problems. That sounds invasive. It's this diary. No, no, they're asking the questions. They want them answered. That's why they leave the books around and we. Pick them up and write the answers it, in. It's a public book. It's a public book. A guest book, sort of. Sure. It, well, it's more like it, it's it's like if you went to the library and and were able to add into the books there. Oh yes, vandalism. Well, no, I'll go. All right. Well, so we're going to reply to the vandals in the library. Yes. So here here's 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 an example. Uh, here's a question from Justin. Uh, he says, uh, "What should I do about my sister?" Okay, I'm 21 and my baby sister is 15. I never really get to see her all that much because I'm in college and always out of state playing basketball. But she's a 15 year old baby. Well, I think he means baby in the sense of just younger. Okay. 
It, language changes over time. Yes. I came home for two weeks and my sister is literally in tears and is crying because she told me her boyfriend broke up with her. She will not stop crying. I've tried holding her in my arms for a while and just hugging her and it doesn't seem to work. I'm going to probably beat the guy up later when I'm done helping her out. But what should I say slash do for her to calm her down? Well, she sh- he should leave and uh, find find someone else to, to marry her to. What, what do you mean by leave? Leave wherever the sister is and so he can go find a new husband. Oh, so uh, so uh, he, he, he should marry her off immediately is what you're saying. That seems to be what the, the issue is, is she's sad because uh, this man... Yeah, but you don't have to marry someone right away. You could have you have time. You well, or not. It's up to them. They're free citizens. Well, well oh, yes. Okay. All of this is true. I, I mean, I, I, okay. I think, I think, I think we're talking, uh, you're talking in a, in a larger sense to, to, change her life, you know, by getting married. But I think he means much more in the immediate sense, because he already said he's going to beat the guy up later. So he's not talking about in that sort of a, a larger, long period of a day. He's talking about in the in the, in the in the shorter five-minute period, I think. Oh, well, he should tell her, that man is a rascal. I'm going to give him what's coming to him. Just you wait. I'm going to find someone else to marry you off to. Right, right. Now, again, you, uh, the, the language that you use is interesting because you say off. Marry you off to. yes. Or marry you together, too. Well, yes. I mean, you have to have two people to marry, so there's a together situation there. But I, what I mean is, uh, like, you make it sound like he's getting rid of her. He would certainly be getting rid of her oh. when she gets married, yes. Oh. And this that will also get rid of his problem of a crying 15-year-old baby-like sister. Yeah, I'm, oh, I, I suppose he could have meant that, that she's crying l- like a baby. That is definitely something that every baby I have encountered does. I think it's a characteristic of baby. I mean, I meant in the sense that maybe she's crying in the manner of a baby, like... She like a, may, yes. Like yes. The, the real clenched-up face and... <laughs> crying, like screaming kind of situation. I'm familiar with Right, right. Uh, It also said she's literally in tears. So I guess that means literally the tears are streaming down her face. So she's in them. Yes, she's in a vat of tears somewhere. Well, if she's sitting in a vat, I guess it would fill up over time. Vats tend to do that, Frank. That's true, Mr. President. All right. um, So, I mean, I think we've mostly solved this problem. Just, you're saying, tell her to get married. Uh, I'm sorry, tell her you'll marry, well, you won't marry her. You'll get her married. Yes, I think the the father seems to be dead or, or something, and so the older brother has to take over this responsibility, so he needs to go and take revenge on the, the man who absconded and find a new husband for her as quickly as possible. Now, did you have children yourself? Yes, I had ten children, of which nine lived into adulthood, which is a very good average, and I would recommend that uh, his sister get started as quickly as possible on having children. It's a very good hobby. I I say I had ten children. I had I had 16 children. In the in the future, do you count children with slaves? Uh, I'm sorry, do we count children who own slaves? No, do you count the children that, that, that slaves have if you impregnate the slave? Well, in a sense, we don't because we don't have slaves. What did you do with all the slaves? We, well, I mean, we, I say we, I wasn't there, but they were freed. To whom? Did you kill all the slaves? No, 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 they were, fr- they were allowed their liberty. They were made citizens. Oh, so you do count the, the children as well. They're, as they're children, not slaves. They're just chi- they're just children. So we don't have children with slaves because there are no slaves to have. Ch- do you understand? Well, what? I did. I, yes. Oh, you, know, you they, did. Y- yes. I I, I I feel like that's not going to be relevant because I I'm well, going to guess the way you treated your your children from slaves is not going to be relevant to how to treat this girl. Well, I can't. I, I had 
10 children with my wife. And then right. I had six with the slave. Okay. Um, wow. And I kept two of those around, but then I gave four of them to my brother. So then I had 12. Okay. Yeah. That, no, that's... One, one, of the, one of the children died. So then I had 11. One of the, the, the legitimate children. Okay, so I ended well, up with 11 children. Right. But uh, he can't give away his sister. So that's what the marriage is. He gives her away. If the father doesn't do it, he does. Oh, well, in a, okay. In a sense. Uh, huh. Okay. Well, my point being, uh, I was going to say, did you did you marry off your daughters in much that same way? But I guess the answer seems to be yes. That's what you do. Okay. Well, then then it's solved uh, by presidential order. Get your sister married. That's right. Uh, let's see if we have another another uh, another question. I've got one here. Uh, phobia, fear with spiders. Uh, I just panic whenever I see a spider. How can I overcome my fears? I know people say they are smaller than you. I know. So is a grenade. So don't say something like that. My question is, how do I clear away my phobia slash fear of spiders? Big or small, I will panic. Well, this this person is a pansy. Uh, well, it's they, a woman. I'm sorry. It's a woman named Shannon. It's a woman named... Sh All right. Clearly, she doesn't seem to be that afraid of grenades. No, I think I think it, that was her point. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's valid to be afraid of a grenade. So why not be afraid of a spider? They're similar well, in many go ways. Go do something else other than hanging around spiders. Go go to war or something. You have women in wars now. Well, coincidentally, we do. But but yeah, I yeah. think th that's not going to help her. She's going to see grenades there. She doesn't mind grenades. She doesn't. She doesn't like spiders. No, she does. I think her point with the grenade was to say, if I'm a, I'm scared of a spider, and you're going to say they're small, and I go, so is a grenade, and and ipso facto, you know, that doesn't make sense, but follow my logic, if you will, a grenade being small like a spider is also dangerous and a valid thing to be afraid of because it can kill you. So, therefore, spiders can also kill you. Well, she should go on a boat. There's no spiders in the ocean. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Live on a boat. Well, I mean, what if a spider gets on the boat with you? Then stamp on it. They're, you can't spend all your life worrying about spiders. They're little bugs. This is the stupidest question I've ever heard. Really? I was the president for a whole month. I was running the entire country. Nobody bothered me about spiders. You were dying at the time. That's different. If if you, I'm sure people who were president for four years have to deal with spiders at some point in that. I mean, especially right now, actually, because uh, uh, right now, uh, a good colleague of mine is trying to pass a law to outlaw all insects and spiders and arachnids. So the president right now is thinking very hard. Have just run out of things to make laws about? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Well, you can't I'm get away from bugs. If you don't like spiders, just go somewhere where there isn't a spider. Here's how you deal with it. Look, there's a spider. I'll go into the other room. Wow. Well, there's a spider in there, too. Well, then go somewhere there's not a spider. There, there are so many rooms I've seen in my lifetime where there have not been spiders in them that you know of that i know of but were you, you looking no i have more important things to do than right. look around for spiders all day right unlike this idiot uh, uh, whoa hold on you shouldn't call her an idiot she did that very uh, brilliant thing about a grenade unlike this very intelligent person who for some reason is afraid of harmless insects R well harmless as harmless as a grenade, maybe. That's a very intelligent argument you've made. Thank you. So my point is, I, I would say, here's what you do. Hang around with brave people. Basically, your analogy was so apt. I would say, hang around with brave people. And when there is a spider, yell out, spider, or spider in the hole, or whatever you want to call it. And then if they are brave, they'll jump on the spider for you. That works, too. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find some more questions here. Uh, here's one. Uh, this is one asked by uh, uh, Gemma. Which is cheaper and why? 
in the UK, petrol costs uh, £1.24 per litre. In the USA, petrol costs $3.15 per US gallon. Uh, one US gallon equals 3.79 litres. One pound equals 1.47 US dollars. Which one is cheaper? I want to know how you got your answer. That's a mathematics question. Yes. And what is petrol? Petrol is uh, uh, gasoline. Gasoline. Why does she need gasoline? Ah, right. Okay. You. I guess. Uh, what, what year did you uh, die in? 1841. Oh, that's a long time ago. Oh gosh, there's so much to explain. Uh, basically, in the future, the present, right? Uh, we have things that have replaced horses, which are mechanical. And we put gasoline in them, and we basically smash the gasoline as hard as we can, and it makes an explosion, and that explosion propels us this forward. This is terrible. This no. just sounds like one of the most dangerous thing that's ever happened. It's really well. It's really well worked out. They got it all. They got it all down pretty good. But but uh, that's what we use gasoline for, uh, and AKA petrol. And uh, it's pretty expensive, especially in 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 dollars back when you were alive. But, but you don't need to put explosions or, or petrol in horses. They just go. No, no. This isn't. Well, no, you put food in horses. It's much like the horse converts food into running. So these, horses have are extinct. No, horses are fine. Apparently, we eat them. Uh, they are a separate thing. This, this is a complete different thing from horses entirely now. We put in the juice. It smashes. We fly forwards. The juice being gasoline. They fly forwards. They, there must be hundreds of incidents every day where they hit people and each other. And it, it sounds serious dangerous. Probably hundreds, yeah. Well, this is terrible. If I was still president, I would pass a law against these immediately. No, no, no. Well, first of all, uh, Congress passes laws. Second of well, all... I know how Congress works. I was the president for a month. I would tell Congress to do it. Right. Look, I, I, I know you understand the government. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, um, they've got these sorts... In the, you know what? Back when people were riding horses around, horses kicked people all the time. They were very dangerous. Okay? This is just the same, except there's more of these things than there ever were of horses, and we get places way faster. All right. I don't know about this modern world where everybody flies around on mechanical exploding horses and writes in diaries. Look, I, I, none of this is helping her get the answer to her question. Can you please answer the question? Which is cheaper and why? And she wants to know how you got the answer. Well, this is mathematical. This is very difficult. Let me see. Uh, I'm a politician. I'm not a mathematics professor. Let me see. USA, petrol costs $3.1 per US gallon. So we have to know how many dollars per liter it is. And a, a gallon is 3.79 liters. So 3.15 uh, divided, no, times 3.79 is... All right, uh, let's, let's, let's see that. Let me get my pen and paper here. You don't have an abacus? Abacus? I told you I'm a politician. What am I going to do? Walk into the White House with an abacus? All right, well, we have, uh, we have devices now that uh, do, do, do math quickly. So uh, 3.15 times 3.79 is uh, 11.9385. All right, so that's how many dollars per liter it is. Uh, no, no, no. That should have been divided, I think. Right, well, fine. Let's, let's then divide 3.15 divided by uh, 3.79. That's uh, going to be a very difficult long fraction, but... Round it, round it. It's about uh, 0.83 cents. 83 cents. Well, that's very expensive. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, 83 cents, not 0.83. 0.83 of a dollar. 83 cents. Yes, yes. 83 cents. Uh, so that's a, that's a good meal there. Uh, so 83 cents uh, is how many dollars per liter uh, of gasoline, and then a dollar is 1.47. No, no, a pound is 1.47 dollars. Right. So how do we figure that out? Well, we have to multiply or divide. And uh, well, uh, so we're taking dollars two pounds, 
So we have to divide it by 1.47. All right. All right. Let's let's see. So then it's point, point 0.56. No, point five, point 0.57. 0.57. Of a pound. Uh, yes. So it's way cheaper in the U.S. Way, it's way cheaper. It's, it's far cheaper to live in the United States of America than it is in the United Kingdom. Uh, do you know why? What, do I know why? Well, this, this has to do with economics uh, because, you know, in the United Kingdom, they, they used to have a lot of horses. And in the United States, they did, too. But there are not as, as much room for explosions in the United Kingdom. I don't think that's up why. These mechanical horses. No, I don't think that's why. Well, I think why? it's because we live in a socialist country. Uh, who socializes uh, the cost of uh, gasoline. Socialist? Yeah, United States. Socialist country. What do you mean by that? Like socialist. You know, socialist? No. It means like, uh, you know, people give, like the government helps the people. You know, nonsense like that. I always help the people. I was I was president for a month. You were a socialist president? No, I uh, was not a socialist president. I... Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, All right, I well, was a United States president. That's fine. That's fine. It was before. It was before. Uh, you know. I was a. I was a Whig president. Um, that's fine. But here, 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 here's another question. Here's another question. Do you? Uh, this is a question by. Uh, oh gosh, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Hi, my edge zero zero. He asks or she asks. Uh, do you have trouble resisting the urge to say some curse words when praying, or is it just me? Do Do I have the trouble resisting the? I don't have trouble resisting it. I have the urge, but. Then I don't do it. Wait, I'm sorry, you do? Sure, everybody does have the urge. When you're praying, you're talking to God, and you're saying, God, I, I really would like you to help me because I am dying of an illness right at the beginning of my presidency, so beep, 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 beeps, meaning like swear words that you want to be saying, but you're not saying? Yeah, I feel like saying, God, I'm about to die of an illness. This is some shit. And oh, then I gosh. don't do it. Well, you don't do it. Okay. Yeah. But you have that urge. Sure, everybody's got the urge, yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't have that urge. I'm very clean cut. And I, you know, resist. I, You know, I'm a broadcaster. I'm trained not to say those words. You were, you're a what? A broadcaster. I, I'm talking on a something that's kind of like a radio. You don't know what a radio is. Okay. Well, you know how uh, if you were giving a speech out in the air, you wouldn't use those words because people would be like, oh, that's offensive. Of course they would. Wow, well, that's 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 like what I do all the time, like right now. Well, where's the people? People are listening uh, from a great distance and from a great time away. You're insane. No, no, no. It, 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 it's like, okay, uh, imagine a newspaper, right? Yes. And, and if I was going to say something in a newspaper, I would write the words down. And later in the future, someone would pick the words up and use their eyes to read the words, even though I hadn't just written them. They, they, they kept over time. Thank you for how much detail you explained how a newspaper works. You're yeah. welcome. But I, I did it for a reason, because I'm saying now take all of those things and imagine the same thing instead of for written word for spoken word. So I speak words and they are uh, it, it's like they're being written down. And then later someone takes the thing that is like a newspaper for the sound and they listen to my words with their ears after the fact. You see? Well, that's lazy. No. It, how is that lazy? Everybody's doing the exact same amount. Of, if I had... When I'm speaking to you right now, you're doing the same thing. It's just there's a time delay. Yeah, but you... It's like you can't be bothered to sit down and read the newspaper. You have to hear somebody read it to you. No, I'm, it's, it's, it's not about a newspaper anymore. It's not about a newspaper. This is not a newspaper, really. I was just using it as an analogy. All right, sure. Nonetheless, I don't actually curse at God, if to answer your question. Okay, good. If, Whether you're the only one, how should I know? Or should I say, how the hell should I know? Uh, oh. Get it? Yeah. Because I don't ask everybody. You're asking if you're the only one. Well, you, you know what? 
I don't know. Oh, all right. Uh, I've got another question, uh, if you'd like. Yeah, I'd love one. Here's one. Uh, it's it's by uh, a person named uh, Look Here Thanks. They want to know uh, what's happening. Am I exaggerating, do you think? And uh, he says, uh, I've been going out with this amazing girl for four months. We talk a lot on Facebook. Oh, don't worry about that. Just ignore that. We talk a lot. Huh? And I asked yes, her, yes. what does she think of Sierra? And she said, I don't like her. She came on to, insert ex-boyfriend's name here, and I was really angry. She calls him by his name, and not like, my ex, which bothers me a bit, and I hate her mentioning his name, makes me sick. She has old pictures of him on her uh, Facebook account, okay, of them hugging and kissing. It's like a, on, a, on a wall. She has pictures of them on a wall, just imagine that. Uh, of them hugging well, uh, and kissing from ages ago, and it makes me nearly puke. I don't know if I'm blowing this out. What do you think? Thanks for your time, and be honest. He doesn't know if he's blowing the puke out or not? No, no, I th he means I don't know if I'm blowing this out of proportion. So, basically, oh. he's saying his his girlfriend has pictures of herself with her ex-boyfriend kissing and hugging on their wall, on her this wall. This is a loose woman. You should immediately divest yourself of this woman. Why, no, why are you saying she's loose? Because she's previously been engaged. No, not engaged to be married. There doesn't say anything about marriage. So then she's the loose woman. Listen, were you engaged to your slave? No. no. She was a loose woman and no. also my slave, and I told her what to do. Right. Okay. Well, that's different. The point is, he, look, he, she's just, she just has pictures. I mean, realistically speaking... Now, okay, when I say she has pictures of her and her ex-boyfriend kissing and hugging on the, on her wall, um, imagine, ah, uh, this is really difficult, because it's on Facebook. Imagine, uh, if you had a house, like a really big house, okay? I do. Great. I have a whole farm. Great. Excellent. So imagine, uh, that when you had, uh, did they have photographs when you were alive? Yes. Okay, okay I'm sorry. I don't, okay. So imagine... Every time you got a photograph taken of yourself or of your family or of anything like that, you had a, a very, very, very long hallway. And uh, as you would be, uh, you'd get the pictures, you'd put them up on the hallway and, you know, the hallway would slowly fill up with pictures. How many photographs am I getting? I can't <laughs> spend all my time sitting for photographs. A lot. No, this is a, yeah, I mean, part of it is that you have to imagine photographs can happen more quickly. Well, good, because they're a waste of time as they stand. Yeah, this if is. I sit around for three hours, now I can know what I look like. Sure. Th that's what I'm saying. Imagine they're instant. Like you could literally just be walking down the street and somebody could just go click. There's a picture of you waving. Oh, good. You've invented the mirror. Great. Well, it's a mirror that you can stop because it, it stays looking that way forever. Yes. Okay, so that's important. I'm, I'm familiar with photographs. Okay, good. So imagine that. You, photographs are fast. So you could get them all the time, and you have lots of them. And as you get them, you keep putting them in this wall, in, on this wall, in this hallway, and the hallway is building up. So it's a long hallway. You know what I mean? You've got years and years worth of photos on there. And so that's what she's got. And somewhere in her hallway of pictures is, you know, pictures of, of when she was hugging and kissing him. Now, that doesn't mean she walks by them every day and goes, oh, look at that. That's when I was kissing that guy. They're just on this big wall. You know, they're just on this infinite wall that she's filling up. And so if she happens to, like, you know, walk by, she'll go, oh, there, there's... But she, it's not like it's an active decision to be like, I love this boy still. I think he still deserves to be right there prominently on the wall. You said every picture goes up on the wall. So yeah. th she has no choice in the matter. No, she could. I mean, she could take them down. It's just that when you put them up... And then you can take them down at any time. But well, this is a difficult question because on the one hand, she's rich enough to have this enormous house and all these photographs of her. But on the other hand, she's 
sounds insane enough to always have this hallway that every photograph goes up on in order. So it really depends if you can stand the eccentricity of having such a long hallway. No, but it's no because in the future everybody's got this hallway. Where's yours? I. It's in. I mean, I I use a. How a, is there even room for that? Everyone can't have this big house. It well, you have to just accept that we do. I'm not objecting to it. It's fine. I just don't think it makes practical sense. Where would you put it all? I looked out your window, and you have the metal fake horses. I can see those. Right. Okay. Well, uh, maybe this will help. Okay. Imagine. Uh, oh, jeez. The, the hall is not in our house. In my house. The hall is not in her house. We all uh, 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 belong to uh, a club where we all go to the clubhouse, and in the clubhouse, each of us has a long hallway where we put our photos. And then why while you're is, at the clubhouse, you can... Why allowed in the women's clubhouse? No, no, it's, a, it's a co-ed, it's a co-ed, does that even mean anything to you? It's a male and woman clubhouse. And while you're in the clubhouse, you know, putting your pictures up, you can be like, oh, let's see what, else, what other pictures people have got, and then you, you just look, you browse at other people's pictures. So that's why he is seeing her pictures, and he's going, oh, look at these pictures of her kissing another man. But she probably just put them, I'm saying, my point is, she probably just put them up back then, and doesn't think about them. She's too busy putting up new photos to go, oh, that's right, there's one where I was kissing a guy. Why doesn't she tell her to take that one down if he doesn't like it? Well, I mean, he could. That's probably the best advice you've given. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Now you understand the situation with the pictures? You've just explained it for ten minutes, so yes. Well, it's, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fine. Good. Uh, you should ask her to take it down. But to answer your actual specific question of what's happening and am I exaggerating, do you think? Uh, what's happening is I think it's fine and you're exaggerating a little bit. Also, don't go to this club with the pictures until she takes them down. Because if you do puke all over the club, they might bill you for it. Oh, yeah. See, now that's what I mean by he's exaggerating because I don't think he's really going to puke. Well, good. Good. Okay. Can I read a question? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Where's the book? Well, oh, I mean, the book. It, it's... Yeah. It's it's on a it's on this flat thing here. Oh, it's not, I mean it's like, not really a book. So it's like a it's like a lamp book. Oh, well, it gives light. Like a yes, like a tabletop, like a lamp top. Or I mean, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like a window. Yes, it's like a window with the book in it. It's like that's what they keep the Constitution in. It's like what they keep the Constitution in. Perfect. Bam, got it. Did I ruin my chances right. last week? Oh, this is set in Washington. Last week I saw a gorgeous girl in the mall. I sat in front of her and looked at her often. I knew she was interested. I even ate an entire jar of cashews. I never said anything. Exactly one week later, at the same spot, at the exact same time, she came back. The same thing happened, and I ate another jar of cashews. I still never said anything. Next Friday, I am going to bring a friend with me, and we will both be eating cashews. I take it that if she comes back and is not entirely freaked out by me yet, she wants me to talk to her. I will explain my idiocy and try to make fun out of it. BTW, she does not work at the mall. Are you reading BTW's mail? Uh, no, BTW is a, is a code. Uh, it means, by the way. Oh, it's not a very good code once you've heard it. Well, I mean, it's not it's, a it's not a secret code. It's just a... a this okay. mall is on our college campus, and she has come there to study, probably between classes the last two Fridays. Is there any way that I still might have a chance with her. Would you girls come back again? This is a very stupid question. Well, and it's a question directed at girls, but I think we can answer it anyway. Yes, first of all, no, you're not looking at a girl. You're on a college campus, and it's oh. someone studying. No, uh, remember earlier when I said co-ed? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a thing. It's a new thing. That means uh, 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 girls 
uh, it means girls can go to college, basically, is what it means. Yeah. Well, that's a simple enough concept. Oh, yeah, I don't have to go into too much. All right. Well, you, know, you know how guys can go to college and they take classes and yes. they register. Yes, I, I, I learned about that when I went to college. It's like that with girls. It's like that with girls. Yeah, I got it. All right. Pretty simple. You know, I went, I went to college. I was about 14. So I don't know. Uh, oh, so yes, you're probably looking at a real girl. Did you say she was studying there every Friday? And she didn't say anything to you. And you didn't say anything to her. And you were eating cashews. Right. I think that perhaps she doesn't know that you were particularly there to eat cashews and look at her. And she was there to study. I don't think she knows who you are. But he ate a whole thing of cashews. He wasn't just like, I'm going to have a couple of cashews. He ate a whole container two weeks in a row. And that now, doesn't matter. And, now there's, and then there's new time. It's going to be two people eating two things of cashews. I'm imagining I'm this girl. Okay. And right. when I went to college, I spent none of my time while studying counting the nuts that other people were eating. Right. Even if a very attractive person were in the same mall as me eating cashews, I probably wouldn't notice how many cashews they'd eaten. And I certainly wouldn't think they were eating cashews directly at me. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. I mean, well, it depends on how deliberate he's being. Doesn't it? Certainly. If I were in college studying and I saw someone standing directly over me, loudly munching cashews in my ear for an entire jar worth of cashews, I would probably say, what are you doing? Go away. Stop munching in my ear. Since she didn't do that, she probably doesn't know who you are. Or she was okay with it. Or that. I suspect that that's unlikely because who the hell would be okay with that? Here's what I would say. Wait, if you hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let me just change this up a little bit. You're sitting at well in a in a mall, if you understand what a mall is, and you're reading a book, right? A book. Huh? Yes, I I know what those are. And uh, and you look up, and you know this gorgeous woman is walking by. Oh, she's attractive, and you you go, oh, that's that's an attractive woman. And she looks at you, and you're like, oh, she looked at me too. That's nice. Uh so you go back to your book, though. All of a sudden, you hear the munching, munch, munch, munch. You're like, what is this? What is this cashew nonsense? Uh, you turn, wait, before you say, get, get away from me with your stupid cashews, you realize it's the gorgeous woman. Oh, I see. Well, then I would put down the book and go start courting the woman. Yes, perfect. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, let's put a little twist in there. You're a woman and she's a man. I see. Well... The man should put down the cashews and go start courting the woman. I think he's he could, using the cashews as a way to court. That's very foolish. That's not going to work at all. I've never met a woman who interprets eating cashews as courtship. And next time, I, he's going to have him and another person eating cashews together. That's, well, that's even more foolish because that will divide her attention and she will think that the other man is courting her also. If, in fact, she is stupid enough to think that eating cashews is a courtship exercise. What he can do is just go up to her and say, excuse me, miss, uh, I'm a young man who is very attracted to you and also happens to be obsessed with cashew nuts. You may have noticed me staring at you uh, rudely and also eating entire jars of cashew nuts every Friday when you're trying to study for your classes. If not, let me bring that to your attention. She will probably be frightened out of her mind and leave. 
But let's face it, if you were more tactful, she would be frightened out of your mind by your cashew obsession eventually when she found out about it. So you might as well get it out of the way. And if, as it happens, she is as insane as you and also obsessed with cashews, despite not having shown any indications of this proclivity, you may have a happy and lengthy marriage ahead of you. Well, that's, you know, that's really nice. It would be. I very unlikely, but very nice. I meant your answer was really nice. Oh, thank you. All right. I just got one more question. Uh, you got time for one more? I, I have enough time. Yeah, I've been dead for... Over a hundred years. All right. Well, here, here's a question from Haley. Uh, help. So confused and curious. Need to know what's going on? Uh, I'm a senior girl, and I'm at a church camp with my boyfriend and his family and the other teens in the youth group and their families, and I am staying in a tent with my boyfriend's little brother's girlfriend. She's 13. Her name's Olivia. Our boyfriends are in the next tent next to ours, and our boyfriend's parents are in a camper next to ours, which, if we have to use the bathroom, we have to go in the parents' camper. Anyways, I went to the bathroom earlier and there was a wrapper in the trash and it said Huggies Pull-Ups Cool Alert Training Pants. It had like princesses on it. I thought it was really strange because there are no babies or little kids here, but I just ignored it. Anyways, I think Olivia is the one wearing them because when she walked by, her pants made a crinkling sound and her pants are super bulky. And when she was laying in bed, a pink fringy thing was hanging out of her pants. Also, before my boyfriend's mom goes to bed every night, she checks all the kids' tents to make sure everyone's in the right tents and everything. And she asked Olivia to come out and I overheard them talking and I heard our boyfriend's mom say, if you need to change, just come to my camper and you can change in the bathroom in private. And if you need help, just let me know, sweetie. So do you think my boyfriend's little brother's girlfriend is the one who wears those prints? Princess pull-ups. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. All I mean, right. I don't know what princess pull-ups are, but since you saw them on her, it sounds like some kind of diaper. Yeah, it is. There's your answer. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, we got that one solved. So, um, thank you very much, Mr. President, for being on the show. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we go? To, to you? I, well, well thank, yeah, I mean, thank you for having me over. I, this was certainly very uh, instructive about the future, um, and I hope that if they read the answers, they will be helped by them. Right, but I meant to other people, because remember the thing about the newspaper with sound? Oh, yes. Right, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, everybody reading Frank Allen's newspaper. I hope it was instructive. This is President Harrison signing off for the newspaper. Well, it's not, a, okay, it's not a newspaper, but it was a metaphor. So, but everyone, everyone out there who can hear when Frank Allen is talking, even when you're not there. Right. I hope that you found what you were looking for. Yeah, I'm sure they did. So, okay, uh, thank you for being here then, and uh, good luck. Well, I don't know with what. Good luck in the afterlife. I I, I sit around in uh, in the afterlife and just enjoy myself. I, I have no responsibilities. Oh. It's, it's pretty boring, to be honest. Well, then good luck not being in the afterlife some more. Thanks. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Frank Advice with me. Thank you for listening to WHRW. This is This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On February 25th, 1828, John Adams, son of President John Quincy Adams, marries his first cousin on his mother's side, 22-year-old Mary Catherine Helen, in a private ceremony at the White House. Here's what it sounded like. Dearly beloved. Oh, John. I'm so excited. Can we just skip the ceremony and go right to the hotel? Well, I'm afraid there's a problem with that, my dear. See, I forgot to bring something with me. You mean the teddy bear? No, not the teddy bear. I have something else. You don't have protection? No, I, I don't have protection. Oh. That's, that's oh, why. Oh, John, I don't care. It's fine. Let's just go. Young John, what have I told you about neglecting your blunderbuss? Here, do the deed. Wow, a ram's bladder. Now I can definitely sheathe myself in wonder. 
I'm Petey, the venereal disease, and I'm sad because now I can't infect the lovely lady. I'm going to die now. Bye-bye. Curse you, Ram's bladder! And it was quite fortunate for John Adams that he did, in fact, have that Ram's bladder, as he did avoid, as I have seen in other alternate realities, some hideously malformed children. This is WHRW Binghamton. But don't sheath up just yet. My name's Roy Singer, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And if you're like me, you're probably wondering where the president got that venereal disease in the first place. I'll tell you. The first time Adam saw his future wife was in the Washington Mall, where she was studying. He thought she was so attractive that all he could do was sit there, creepily eating an entire jar of cashews, staring at her every moment. He never got the nerve to say anything to her, but he was determined he would see her again. So the following week, he came at the exact same time, cashews in hand, and proceeded once again to eat cashew, 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 looking very creepy. The third week, he brought along the vice president, told him, eat these cashews, let's stare at that girl. At that point, she realized what was going on and thought, these gentlemen are quite creepy, let me call the constabulatory, who did, in fact, arrest the president, not recognizing him for who he was. It was in prison that he picked up the venereal disease because they were not using any protection there, and I won't go into any more detail, I'm sure you can figure out what went on. When the police realized that they had arrested the president by accident, they let him go, and that finally gave him the nerve to talk to his lady love. He said to her, I am the president, and I'd like to marry you. She said, yes, of course, and the rest is history. Well, the part before that is history as well, but I mean, it's the history you've already heard of how he used the protection to not give her the venereal disease. My name is Roy Singer and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Lessons from the life of Nathan Van Etten. By Daniel Schwartz, Mickey Wishner, Charles Berman, and Pete Bowers. Season 2, Episode 5. Murder muddles Nathan Van Etten. Here's Nathan. Hey, Nathan, wake up. <laughs> what? Today's the day. Wednesday? I hate hump day. People don't understand how hard it is to get jiggy with it in this economy. Nah, 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 no. No, Nathan, listen to me. Today's the day you change the world. Hey, weren't you British or something? No time for that now, buddy. You've got so much to do. I do? Oh, God! Expectations! Hey, 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 don't sell yourself short. You can do it. Hey! I can, can't I? All right, voice, let's change the world! Great. First, let's go to the kitchen. Good idea! I could go for a fluffernutter. Jiff and fluff, of course! Not yet, buddy. First, let's get the knife. Which knife? The big knife! But this knife is too big to spread peanut butter. No sweat. We'll use a different knife for that later. Uh, okay. Here's the big knife. Now what happens? Great, we're almost ready. Don't forget a garbage bag. Good call, voice. Mom hates it when I make a mess in the kitchen. I got your back, Ace. Hey, you got that puppy recently, right? I sure did. Here, boy! (coughs) That'll be great. You named him Scoob, right? Yeah, cool, huh? Yeah, Scoob. Good old Scoob. Why don't you Scoob out his insides and burn them as an offering for Moloch? Man, what a great pun- What?! Yeah, Nathan, they say we're all pink on the inside, but how will we know if we're all pink on the inside if you don't cut them open to see how pink his insides are? It'll be great! That doesn't sound great, voice. What if his insides aren't pink? Who cares? It's science! Get messy! Make mistakes! Um, voice? No offense, but this doesn't sound half as fun as you seem to think it sounds. But, but Nathan, if you don't burn Scoop's puppy organs, then there won't be an offering from Moloch, and then you won't be prom king. Don't you want to be prom king? Um, no. Well, why not? Then you'd have the crown. Crowns are pretty spiffy. Hella spiffy. Everyone will applaud when you're crowned prom king because you gave Moloch the insides of a puppy. Cheap it twice the price. Be the first on your block. Look, voice, I can tell that this is very important to you, 
But let's focus on the fact that I don't want to cut up Scoob for Motown or whatever. I can just get Dad to buy me a crown. Oh, oh, oh okay, buddy. Skipper, Nate Dog, no problem, pal. Palladium, Paladin, nothing to it. Uh... Why are my hands doing this? Say, is that the doorbell? Yes, voice. It's probably Jane. Jane, hey, yeah, great. She gave you her heart. She sure did. What a good decision on her part. Totally. You should collect on that. Huh? Cut out her heart. Snick, snack. Kalima. Then you can eat it. Bet that'll taste great with peanut butter. What? No! But Nathan, you already have the big knife out, and you're so hungry. You love peanut butter. Well, I do love... Oh, I mean, no! But Nathan, this is Jane, the girl who skipped family dinner on Yom Kippur to feebly push aside your bed so you could have the D4 you wanted. She loves you. Don't you love her? Well, of course I love Jane. Oh, Nathan. Oh, dear. I've waited literally every minute of my life to hear you say that. I'll bet, Jane. Listen, can I ask a huge favor? Of course, my heart of hearts. Ask away. Oh, Jesus, more hearts again. Uh, I don't... I don't suppose you've just got an extra heart, do you? No, Nathan. But if you like, I can run to the butcher shop and get you a heart right away. No, Jane, that's not it at all! Can we not talk about hearts for a bit? It's starting to sound like Alice in Horrorland in here. Alice in... Horrorland? All right, Nathan, is everything okay? You're acting more unique than usual today. Of course everything is okay. I'm as fine as a rogue in a dimly lit china shop. Why do you ask? Um, you haven't stopped drumming your hands since I walked in. Ha 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 you're right. How silly of me. I guess you can say I've got a good heartbeat. Beat! Beat! A good beat! Sense of rhythm, that is. Nathan, what's wrong? Something is obviously bothering you. You know you have a horrible sense of rhythm. Why are you so nervous? You can tell me any- Jane, for some unexplicable reason, I am being told by my head voice to collect your heart in a way that is so not what you've been pining for. But you can rest assured that no matter how hard the voices in my head are telling me to kill you, I will certainly not be doing any slaying today. Besides which, how else will I get you to polish everything on my high shelves? Oh, Nathan, I'm so proud of you. It took me weeks to fend off my first bout of hallucinations, but you seem to be getting it right out of the gate. Well, I am very impressed. Wait, what? How about this? Why don't you go lie down here on the couch, and when I'm done polishing the things on your high shelves, I'll make you a fluffernutter sandwich. With jiff and fluff? With jiff and fluff, just like you like it. I'll even put in my whole heart full just of- Just the traditional recipe, please! No hearts! Of course, dear. Back soon. Okay, Nathan, good call. Let her into your confidence. Friends close, enemies closer, close but no cigars, am I right? I think I missed something there, but I do think I've learned a lesson. Great, that's great, great. What's the lesson? You should always tell people that you want to kill them. They'll make you a sandwich. Great, and then you can cut out her heart. Voice, I already told her I wasn't going to do that today. No sweat, you can just kill her next time on the next lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the voice was Daniel Schwartz, Nathan was Mickey Weissner, and Jane was Aaron Morrissey. And I actually think that was kind of frightening. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat for most of that. I really thought something very bad was going to happen. Like what? Well, like he was going to, you know, kill somebody. So what? Escape. You don't. 
just you it's bad to kill it's not good when people kill or get killed well uh that's not my experience what what do you mean what's your experience well my experience is that if i kill something that's cool what yeah like when i killed that mouse that one time do you remember when i did it well i mean i didn't i didn't see it happen but i remember hearing about it yeah that was cool also when I kill, like, like I said, when I kill flies, and mom and dad will kill bugs if there's a bug, just like there's going to be a law. Yeah, that's different, though, because that's the whole point of that law, is to make it so that, legally speaking, insects don't count as, as citizens of the United States, and they are legally, you know, declared inferior, and we should kill them on sight. That's a special thing. Uh, otherwise, though, you probably shouldn't. No, because no, no, I just said I kill a mouse, and everybody was like, that's fine. Well, they weren't like, that's fine. They were like, that's gross. Yeah, but it was fine. What about all the chickens and cows that I kill? You, you've you never killed a chicken or a cow. Huh. That's what you think? Well, yeah, I mean, that is what I think. Yeah, why? I mean, you have ne- I've never, you've never killed a chicken or a cow. That, how is that possible? What? What? That's not, you, that can't be right. Because I've eaten lots of chickens and cows, so they must have been killed by me. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, yes, chickens and cows were killed if you ate them, but not by you. Then who did it? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Someone at a factory or something. Look, the, the point, I mean, you're not supposed to kill people. We, we know this, this is a fact. So, if a person kills another person, that's bad. If a person kills a chicken, it's not... I mean, it's not that bad because we eat chickens. So I eat people. Well, well, no. No, you don't. Well, there was a time a long time ago where a guy said that I did. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I remember that. There was the moist food guy who said that he was killing people and putting them in the cat food. But that's a dip. But we don't know that you ate that because we don't know what brand that was. So, okay, look. It's bad for humans to get killed. The rule is generally if humans get killed, it's bad. Oh, if a cat gets killed, it's nothing. Well, no. If a cat... If a cat gets killed, that's not great either. But I don't know. There's just a line that if you certain people are, we just gotta. We I don't want to spend every episode talking about this. We talk about this too much. Stop playing shows where people get killed. Well, nobody actually got killed. I was just worried. I was worried somebody was gonna get killed. All right, all right, all right. Well, all right, escape. We've got a whole bunch of emails. Do you want to tell people the uh, the song? Song or song? Oh, I I mean like the the name of the. The email that we can they can send it to. Oh, you want me to do a song like I used to? Well, I'm oh, I'm sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, castingrags at gmail.com. Castingrags at gmail.com. Did you know that's our email? That is where you send us your emails. Castingrags at gmail.com. We get emails. That's who they're from. They're from you and me and everybody at castingrags at gmail.com. Very uh, good. Thank you for that. So, okay, a whole bunch of emails. Uh, looks like uh, most of them are actually for me uh, this time. So I'll start with... Uh, with one of those. Uh, Dear Mr. Allen, I'm very sorry to hear that my nephew Rory died even earlier than me, an absurdly rich, terminally ill man who is about to die at any moment. I'm sorry you seem to have lost a friend, something I wish I had in my dying days. Uh, But how did you know I was interested in gay marriage? Uh, So many torturous years I spent a fantastically rich, closeted gay man due to the backwards mores of society. 
It was uh, wonderful when gay marriage became legal in some states, but now I am old and terminally ill, so I feel that nobody would want to marry me. Ah, well. Thank you for the kind, sympathetic ear. Diogenes Saint... Uh, uh, or Sinjin, I should say. Oh, man. Ah, uh, oh. This is not easy to think about. Wow. What? What's the problem? Ah, uh, who? Well... Uh, this guy, I mean, you remember, Scape, this guy wrote in saying, uh, he, he, he's, uh, he's Rory's uncle, and he's gonna die, and he's very rich, and he was gonna leave his money to Rory. Uh, and I told him, well, Rory died, so we can't, uh, help you there, but I, uh, you know, I was, I was just feeling kind of, uh, you know, wanting of money at the time, and I said something about gay marriage, and, uh, so long and short of it is this guy is interested in gay marriage. In other words, I think, I think the 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 implication here is if i you know gay marriaged him he, you know he would die pretty soon and then i would be rich and that's bad well no it's good to be rich no but i mean it's bad that he dies oh yeah i mean yeah like we just were discussing yeah it would be bad that he died so if you married him you'd want him to live for a very long time ah uh, well yeah i'm i mean in general on generic principle i want him to live for a very long time but i think if i'm if i'm if i'm if i married him it would be because i don't think he's gonna live for a very long time you know what i'm saying no ah uh, well i'm saying that he would die soon and then i would get all his money oh that's and that's good well it's good to get the money it's bad that he i mean it's, it's bad that he died for him for him but it's good for well i mean that's enough said about that so what are you gonna do ah uh, I, that's a really tough qu question. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sinjin, Mr. Uh, Diogenes Sinjin, I, I don't want to rush into anything, but I'm interested in your situation. Do you, do you have medical records you could send me so I could see exactly what your situation is and how dire it is, how close you are to, you know, uh, die, right? Well, I'm, yeah, I didn't, I was trying to, I was trying to think of a better way to say it than that, but yeah, to, to, I want to know how soon you're going to die. So send me your medical stuff if you want, and then we go, you know, I don't know, I can't promise, I don't want to promise anything. I mean, you're probably not in physical shape to do any, you know, like, uh, sex, I, I would imagine. Uh, anyway, no, anyway, who let's not, I just, you know, yes, shoot, uh, go ahead, send me some more. Okay, uh, we got another letter here. Well, I, was, I was wanting to know what you were going to say. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, this letter's for you. Oh. Uh, yeah, dear Scape, I just wanted to say that I love your appearances on Cast in Wax. You are so funny. I have heard you like moist food, so I wanted to honor you with a gift from my company. Uh, please enjoy this lifetime supply of rice pudding. The first vat should arrive at your apartment under a separate cover. Uh, enjoy. Ted Hebblethwaite, uh, Hebblethwaite and Sons Pudding Company. Did you say free moist food? Uh, yeah, uh, he did. Uh, they're they're sending you free moist food. Um, it is it is rice pudding though. What is that? Oh, I mean it's like, do you know rice? No. Well, okay, then I, I'm gonna have a hard time describing it. Is it like a, a kind of animal? Uh, no, no. I mean it's not an animal. It's a it's a it's a it's a Plant, plant. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's part of a plant. It, it, it's a, it's a thing where um, it grows. Uh, it's on a like a. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. How, yes, it's a part of a plant, and you put it in a bunch of stuff, and it gets mushy, and then it's pudding. That doesn't sound good. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say it's not good. He's sending you free food for the rest of your life. I don't want it. Well, you, I mean, you should at least try it. No. If it doesn't have meat in it, I'm not going to eat it. Well... All right, fine. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they're already sending it, so it's too late. Uh, thank you for that. It, escape, it's based on a misunderstanding, because he, you, you always say you like moist food, and this food is very moist. What? No, I like moist food. Yeah, and this is moist. Yeah, but it's not moist food. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, as you can hear, Mr. Hebblethwaite, uh, it, it, it is a misunderstanding. Uh, when Scape says moist food... Uh, yeah, I mean moist food. Duh. Yeah, he's not talking about food which is moist. He's talking about... It's like, you know what it's like? It's like sweet meats. If somebody says sweet meats, you, you know, they're talking about a very specific thing. It's not just, hey, I put some sugar on, on my beef, so have some sweet meats. No, it's a it's a very specific thing. Or or sweet breads even more so, because it's not even a kind of bread. Anyway, look, the point is, that's not what he means. By moist food, he means cat food that is the kind which is meat and gravy, or possibly like the pate kind. Th those are the two things he means. So, listen, I don't know if you have a friend at a non-pudding company who you can trade pudding for that and then you can send it to escape otherwise uh you know what i mean you can just keep sending the pudding I'll, I'll eat it i don't have a lot of money so free food is always a good thing i mean I, to be honest with you i haven't been feeling well lately uh so maybe something soft and kind of easy on you like uh like rice pudding would would uh would be good for me whatever i'm not gonna eat it i'll tell you that much that's fine that's fine uh so good escape settled email done Let's see what else we got. Oh, I got another one for me. Uh, Dear Frank, thanks for your interest in doing the restaurant review blog. I checked with Andy and he said everything would be fine. Anyway, the deal is that in return for going and trying out different restaurants, you would get the fame and glory of writing about them on the blog. We would also do an associated podcast. I think you'd be perfect to be the main presenter of the podcast. What do you think, Ted the Hookworm? Thank you so much, Ted. That's really awesome. Uh, I, I am very much interested in doing this. I, I'd be happy to write the blog and happy to be the host of the uh, podcast, the one thing is, again, I, I still can't afford to go to restaurants myself. Um, I might have a line on some money right now, but otherwise, I'm, you know, rice pudding sounds pretty good to me right now because I, I, uh, I don't have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cash flow. So if you guys can hook me up with the ability to get, you know, money to, to use at those restaurants, I'd be happy for that. Uh, also, to, like I said, I'm not feeling great. Uh, something, some sort of stomach thing. Last, last couple of weeks, I, I don't know, it's just getting worse. Like, I feel like the more I eat, well, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's crazy talk. So the point is, uh, I mean, I, I hope Andy's doing well. I haven't heard from him in a while, but glad you and he are, are both, uh, excited for this project. I am too. Uh, but I just, uh, you know, I need a little. I can't, I can't afford to go to all restaurants myself unless you want lots of, like, McDonald's reviews. So, okay. Uh, we got another email here. Yeah, we got another one for me, in fact. When am I going to get one? Well, when you're interesting enough for people to write to. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that was, pretty, uh, that was pretty rude, wasn't it? But, uh, you know, escape, uh, I can't help who gets written into, you know? They're writing into me because I'm an interesting guy and I'm a fascinating person to talk to. And I, I have a lot to say. And uh, you don't. So. That's not true. I have a lot of things to say. Do you know how many things I have to say? A million things. I risk them all right now. No, 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 no. That's a waste of time. Uh, that's not how interestingness works. Uh, you don't just sit there listing the things that you think about. Well, I could. Well, I would be like, most food, sleeping, um, dry, dry food. 
Yeah, that's, that's all you got. Okay, you're fine. Oh, Dad, how about Dad? Mom, as well, Mom. Uh, other stuff. Yeah, no, that, okay. Here's an, here's an email. Uh, Dear Frank, I just wanted to write to say that you are doing a terrible job on the show. Uh, I listen every week and hate everything you do. You are always wrong. You are what is wrong with America. By the way, my name is Rex Gelfand, and I am an aspiring debate show host. I think we would make great partners on a debate show. What do you think? I'll go with your opinion, Rex Gelfand. No, I think that would be terrible, because first of all, I think I am great, and you think I am terrible, and I think, therefore, that you are automatically terrible. Uh, and, that, and that's, you might think, well, that's, a, that's an opinion, but uh, I think that's, I think that plays out scientifically, because uh, here's the thing. My basis of my career and everything I do uh, kind of rests upon the idea that I'm right and that I'm very good at what I do and that uh, I, uh, kind of, yeah, that's, that I'm awesome. I, I'm great. And so if you come along and say, I'm terrible, then I automatically know that you and I have exactly opposite opinions. Uh, it is best for me and my career to assume that you are wrong about everything and terrible and awful. So since you are a terrible, awful host... I, I cannot, in good conscience, allow you anywhere near a, a show, especially one that I work on. So thank you for writing in. Uh, and, and thank you for saying you'll go with my opinion. That is the nicest thing in your letter. Uh, so uh, my opinion is that you should um, retire from even trying. So, thank you. That was that was tough. that was not very nice of you. Well, he was it was a really mean letter. Did you hear how it started saying I was what's wrong with America? Yeah, that's true. And I'm not because I'm not. I mean, what about bugs, for example? Jordan's working on getting rid of them, but I'm not. It's not me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so we got one more letter. Uh, this one's for me, right? Well, I mean, not. It's not addressed to you, but I mean, if you want, you can answer it. I guess. Okay. All right. To whom it may concern. Uh, I am so glad I found this podcast. I've been sculpting art in cast wax for many years, and over the course of a decade have acquired a combined six years of experience. I know well how difficult of a field it is, as wax museums usually object to the lack of detail and seams that using a casting process usually leads to, and most private art buyers are reluctant to buy wax pieces because of their impermanence. Uh, I have several pieces that I would be happy to sell to any listeners or producers of the podcast, and I believe I would be an excellent contributor. I have a finer understanding of the technical elements of wax casting than anyone I have ever met. Please consider me. Nelson Gwynn. You want to answer that letter? Yeah. Uh, hi. Nelson Green, uh, my name is Scapey. I'm a cat. Uh, I, I'm very interesting. Did you know? I, I, have, I like a lot of things, like, did you, for example, uh, I'll tell you most food, which is a kind of meat with meat and juices. Not about rice, but it's about meat and juices. Do you know how you make it? I'll tell you. Uh, you kill a chicken or you kill a cow. That's about it. Or you kill a fish, I guess, sometimes. With a fish. Uh, one time I killed a mouse. I ate his head. That's pretty good. And, um, where else? I like to sleep. This doesn't have anything to do with his letter. No, I'm just talking to him. I like to sleep because it feels good. Also, I had a debate about it and I was right. Did you know about that? Maybe you should. If you listen to the podcast, you know. Uh, my recommendation to you is listen to the beginning of the podcast all the way through to right now. Every single one of them. Because I'm in most of them. And that means it's very good. No, he's writing in about casting in wax. Yeah, that's the name of the podcast, Casting Wax. Uh, I know a lot of things about Casting Wax, too. I know about uh, the scapey parts of the show. 
I know about. My dad was on it for a while. I know about. <sighs> there was a guy named Roy Sinden who died. And there's a guy named Frank Allen. That's all you need to know. No, he's. I, you, uh, you don't understand what this letter is about. Yeah, I do. It's about Nelson Grimm. He says, to whom it may concern. And I am not that concerned. So it's not for me. Well, okay, so then why are you. Okay. And why are you answering the email that is not for you? Uh, Nelson, I think we are confused again. Uh, this is uh, this show is called Cast and Wax. Uh, and it's on waxwork.com with a hyphen between wax and work. Although technically you can get there by going to castandwax.com as well. But uh, it's not uh, about casting things in wax, which you're right. That's kind of misleading and, and uh, you know, maybe even foolish. But it is about radio serials and... And comedy and stuff like that. So, uh, yes, I'm glad you have cast some things in wax. If you want to do wax casts of me, that would be cool. Although I'm not going to, you know, pay you for it. But um, I'd be happy to be preserved. Not preserved myself in wax. That's That would kill me. But I mean like a, a duplicate. Okay. That is, yeah, there's neither here nor there. The point is this is not going to be a, a podcast about casting things in wax. So... You may be disappointed. I do think he's right, though. You should listen to every episode, and I am on them all, and I think once you start listening, even though it's not about casting in wax, you'll realize it's pretty awesome, uh, and you'll grow to love it, hopefully. Fingers crossed. You can let us know. Uh, but, Nelson, I do have to tell you, it's not about casting in wax. You just lost us another listener, friend. No, I, but he's not. He hasn't listened, so he's not a listener. He, well, he's good. He's good. Yeah, but once he, when he does listen, he's going to know. It's not, he's not going to go, oh, Decker and Hayes, is that a... A new technique of, like, no, I mean, it's going to be clear that that's not a, a, a wax-casting relative thing. Well, whatever. He's not going to buy it now because you said, it's not about wax-casting. It's not about wax-casting. Well, maybe he would he would have listened to the whole episode going, what are they going to talk about the wax-casting? And then he gets to the end and it'll be like, next time on Cast the Wax, other stuff. And he'd be like, huh, I guess the end of the episode, but I'm not interested in those things normal. But I heard the preview and now I'm, like, hooked. So, I'm gonna... Well, I hope you're right. I hope that's what he does. Yeah, but he's not gonna buy it now, because he says not about it! Escape, you can't lie to people and tell them it's about one thing, and then hope that they get tricked into liking it. That You be honest with people, and you say, uh, hopefully you... Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I try to be honest most of the time. Look, uh, the point is... Thank you for writing into us. Uh, if anybody else wants to write into us at castinwax at gmail.com, and I do mean you, the person I'm... I'm uh, addressing right now, who is the person whose ears are getting this sound in them. Please write in to us. Uh, my name is uh, Frank Allen. This is my friend, Scape White. Hi. Uh, hey, what, what are you doing? I'm supposed to be host of the show. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my name is Scape White. This is my friend, Frank Allen. Hi. And uh, if you want to write into us... I already said that. Well, you could. Uh, why don't you listen to some ukulele song while you go, then, peoples? Uh, I'll, I'm gonna go now. Bye. You're doing everything your people said to. I hate to be the one to break it to you. It's only sad cause it's true. They misled you when they bred you. Somebody said some things they had no right to Some of it stuck and you were known as someone who Could simply not follow through if they had to But you have to, don't you? You don't have to be a genius, but it helps too 
Puritans, they may get wise, but only cream and bastards rise. You can see it in their eyes. You follow good advices to the letter. You know your friend, he's doing so much better than you are ever likely to do him eclipse you but he will not miss you you don't have to be a genius but it helps too it helps too he also rams are real nice guys but only green and bastards rise people who could buy and sell you sharing a joke that they will never tell you you think you're dialed in someone's gotta win and you know what that means well then someone's got to lose it's probably you it's probably you it's not a race it's not a competition and if it were you'd be in no position to get them to listen to you if you had to not even if your life depended on it you don't have to be a genius but it helps too it helps too some are aliens, the rest are spies But only cream and bastards rise You can see it in their 